All right, for the past few weeks, we've talked all about boundaries. The first time, the first week, we talked about boundaries in general, kind of the, the underlying philosophy. physics of boundaries, physics if you will. Physics and philosophies. Philosophy, <laughs> that's a better word. Then uh, last week, we talked about boundaries and our children. In other words, protecting our marriage from our own kids. <laughs> that might sound odd. If it does, go back, listen to that episode. It should uh, add some more context there. So today we're actually talking about the activity that brings about the kids, intimacy. (laughs) (laughs) So intimacy and and protecting and guarding our intimate lives, our sex lives um, from damage. Yeah. Right. So the boundaries that yeah, little foxes that would get into the garden and gobble up all that delicious fruit. (laughs) You're cringing right now. (laughs) Anyway, we're gonna have some fun today, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. that segue the one that now we're going to talk about how the kids are made not how but the time when the kids are made if you don't know how kids are made uh you may want oh my goodness (laughs) anyways Uh, we're not going to fill in all those gaps people this yeah last week's conversation was really great i definitely encourage you to go listen to it talk uh listen to us i guess talk about kids and marriage covenant because Kids are so demanding, and like you said last week, many times they'll just suck the life and everything else out of the room, we love including kids. all your energy. But yeah. this, they are a blessing. So, how do we manage and steward those blessings uh, in a way that glorifies and honors God, uh, which would also reflect honoring our covenant and protecting mm. it? So, this, the there's three things that we are going to continually say throughout these uh, boundaries episodes. Boundaries episodes. Um, These three things are the three things that typically keep us from having boundaries. Uh, The first is that they're unclear, so there's not a clear or agreed upon understanding. The second would be they're unsaid, Mm because how can you say something that is not clear? (laughs) And then the third is they're unenforced, because if you don't have any understanding or clarity and you can't really say what they are, then how are you going to enforce them? So. Keep. Or you just lack the discipline um, to, right. and the triggers to enforce those boundaries with diligence. Mm-hmm. In other words, you're not walking the fence line nearly enough, right. keeping the boundaries in place. And all three of those really do presuppose uh, the underlying, again, like this philosophy, right, of boundaries, right. that boundaries um, by, by their very nature delineate between uh, one reality and another, a bad scenario and a better scenario. A good and a better, you know, however you want to make that delineation. Right. A boundary's there to delineate between things. And right. so you have to make sure those are very clear mm. delineations mm-hmm. and very and, and well communicated and then well enforced. Right. And if you fail on either one of those or you lack on either one of those, then you'll find your boundaries aren't there or they're they're just they're breaking down and things are getting inside and it's causing problems. Right. So uh, our roadmap before we kind of talk about some of our housekeeping is just we're going to define, you know, some of these boundaries again. It's like a map, geographical lines that divide, like you were saying. Um, And our conversation is centered mainly around intimacy and our marriage covenant. How do we implement boundaries that protect and promote health within uh, that area of our marriage? Mm -hmm. So what do boundaries require? We've been going through these six boundary requirements every week as well. Uh, it's been very illuminating uh, because the the topic or the the boundary sort of mm. purposes remain the same, but the functionality uh, and enforcing those mm. changes depending on you know kids versus yeah. you know in laws whatever. So, and then of course, how does the Bible instruct us in walking this out? What does that look like? You know, in this specific area, mm-hmm. I mean, our 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 relation, our, our um, intimate relationship, right? Right. right. So. Very cool. It's it's going to be, a, I think, a lively discussion. I'm excited for it. Uh, you know, a lot of timeless truths we're going to retouch on, but we are going to, I think, add some new texture to this conversation. Uh, before we do that, um, if you've been helped by the Fierce Marriage Podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review in your podcast app. That means a ton. It does actually work kind of an algorithmic magic, if you will. If, <laughs> if, if, if those who are governing the algorithms or the algorithms themselves see that people are commenting they are um, giving ratings and they're leaving reviews. 
that does help uh, kind of increase exposure, which if you value this content, then, then we would hope that you would want this content mm-hmm. to get to more people. That's our whole hope. Like we do this because we want people to hear it. Mm-hmm. We want people to hear God's truth in the area of family and marriage. So leave a rating and review. Uh, finally, um, this is actually, we have a conversation um we ha- we had a conversation with our good friends Dimitri and Mary Spatterell around boundaries, and they have very. There, he's a pastor. Um, they come from big Jared families, lots West. of kids, a really intense in law dynamics because of their families uh, of origin. Yeah, they're from a big Slavic community. Yeah, big Slavic, and they're they're first generation, like raised here. Mm-hmm. They 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 moved when they were like Mary was like ten or something, mm-hmm. and Dimitri was I think around that age as well when when they all migrated over. Mm-hmm. And so there's really so the in law conversation around boundaries happens there, but here's where that happens. That conversation happened in our gospel centered marriage. Um, it's a mini course that we filmed, uh, just last mm, week. And it so, was good. It, it was good. It was good. Dimitri is an amazing uh, communicator. They both are amazing communicators. Yeah. Very brilliant people. So if you want to see that, um, we are going to talk about in-laws, I think at some point next week, we'll talk about it, but we go into really, um, a lot of depth in that conversation. Go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. You can learn how to be a part of that, how to get access to that mini course when it goes live. Um, but anyways, I want to make make sure that's um, known by all of you that, that that content body is actually growing out quite a mm-hmm. bit. We have seven mini courses that have been filmed. Uh, and I think four, three or four live by the time this podcast episode uh, hits the the airwaves. Yes. They're not airwaves, they're internet. Internet Internet waves. Wave wires. <laughs> uh, finally, sorry for all the housekeeping here, but patreon.com slash fierce marriage. That's honestly, that's what feeds our family. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't hear a lot of ads on this podcast because uh, we just want to get to the content and we want to build a community that's not just about getting you to listen or entertain you. We hope that we're entertaining, but it's really about being <laughs> gospel centered uh, and winsome in gospel centeredness and that we are pointing you to Christ, and that is feeding your heart and your soul and your spirit and making you stronger, better, sanctifying, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that happens through your support on patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Pray about that. If God leads you to um, join us, we would be honored. All right. All right. So we are going to jump into our discussion around guarding our intimacy, setting those boundaries up. How do we guard sexual intimacy? What does the Bible say? How does it talk about hmm. this area of our lives? Well, there's lots to be said, of course. Uh, Proverbs 5 is where we're kind of going to sit for a moment uh, before we start talking about, you know, I mean, I guess we could, I can address those while you're looking that up real quick. It's yeah, yeah. some of the problems uh, and excuses that we, that kind of push against our boundaries of why we don't have sex or why um, we, yeah, basically why, why we don't engage in it. I think that's probably the biggest problem is we either, we're too tired, we're not connecting, we have no right. margin, we don't feel the need maybe even, and that can mm. be for a not a great reason. Uh, it could be awkward. Maybe there's, you know, some new things you want to try. You're unsure to ha- how to go about that. And that's pure. Yeah. Um, or there's something or someone that's polluting that relationship or um, coming mm. in, there's a third party there. So uh, some of these problems range from, you know, kind of an internal struggle to external. Yeah. But I think it's good to just kind of identify where do we fall um, on the spectrum and how can we guard uh, this very powerful part of our marriage because although it is such a small part if you look at the actual time that it takes uh during you know the course of a marriage didn't scott kadersha he did a whole study on that it's it's not a large amount it's like 0.625 percent of your marriage of your marriage is is spent in actual like having sex and that's if you're fairly active right (laughs) so it's a small time it's a small percentage but it has a big effect i think on our spiritual growth and our the health of our covenant and our marriage yeah um so around our intimate lives okay in in terms of boundaries there tends to be two main ways that the whatever this our intimate like there's a lot of analogies for this in the bible there's two primary ones that i really feel i find they're they're super helpful uh proverbs 5 i love it because it's just so crystal clear Mm -hmm. and i mean that pun because it's talking about a cistern a a thing that stores clear clean water Mm. that's one of the analogies we also see in uh in song of solomon 4 i believe um where he talks about it's it's your the 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 beloved he's talking about the little foxes who would get it's okay so it's song of solomon 2 um where they they kind of break into the garden they Mm. get in they they start eating the fruit and they they basically ruin what's inside the garden, which in this mm. case, it's their, their intimate lives. 
And so, uh, you think in terms of these boundaries, there's typically two ways to think about it. You want to keep things from getting in. It, the, you want to keep bad things from getting in. You also want to keep the goodness that's in there. You want to let it. You want to have it stay in there. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to seep out. You don't want it to leak out. You want it to be. You want. You don't want it to be stolen. You want it to thrive and grow. Yeah, and and in that spot, in that's that the thing. Spot, yeah. You don't. You don't want it to get outside of that, right? And that's that's. It's it has its place. Okay, it and has that's its purpose. Yeah. So the analogy that I will use for intimacy, and you've probably heard us say this in the past, is it's like fire, right? Um, if if fire well wielded will warm a house, it will cook meals, it will it will bring life and nourishment to your family, right? Mm-hmm. But a fire that gets out of control will burn your house to the ground, mm. or a fire that's not cared for will die and will provide no nourishment. And so it is. It's the same kind of living dynamic mm. in your intimate life. And so it does, it does beg, it does require us to be wise, thoughtful stewards. And so that's where we talk about this, or that's where those three things that you talked about, Selena, they come in. We have to have clarity. Mm. We need to have communication around this and we need to have enforcement. Mm -hmm. In other words, stewardship and, and, um, diligence around these boundaries. So uh, let's read some from Proverbs five. You've heard us talk about this passage. I love this passage. Um, it's so vivid, but the early Proverbs is a lot of warning against adultery. <laughs> There's a lot of that. And so in Proverbs 5, 6, and even into 7, I think even earlier than that. Um, and so it, it, it's a theme at the beginning of, of Solomon's Proverbs here. But let's read the first uh, verse, a couple verses in Proverbs 5, and then we'll jump ahead. Um, we'll jump ahead to verse 15. So we'll just do verses uh, 1 through 5 here. My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding that you may keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps follow the path to Sheol. Okay, so let's jump, that's verse 5, let's go to verse 15. Uh, Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at times, at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord and he ponders all his paths. I want to make sure I got to turn the page here. Uh, the iniquities of the wicked ensnare him and he is held fast in the cords of his sin. He lies he dies for lack of discipline, mm. and because of his great folly, he is led astray. Um, we're going to focus in on that now, that picture of the cistern. So in near ancient East, ancient Near East culture, cisterns were vital for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, they represented uh, a certain type of wealth, a certain type of security, that if you had a cistern, a functioning um, large cistern, it meant that your family would have a year-round supply of clean water. And so what they would do is they would and they'd usually dig them out into the into the bedrock kind of order, wherever the, the community is. They would dig them out and it would be, you know, large enough to catch water. And so a lot of the water would run into it. But before the water would run into it in the dry season, they would they would somehow seal the walls of the cistern. And they would seal it and then they would end up putting something on the top of it to keep um, debris and animals and insects and things from kind of getting in, falling in. And the whole point of that was is that throughout the rainy season, the winter or whatever that, that season looked like, when you had more water coming, you would use that water, but then you'd fill up your cistern, and then it would hold the water, and then you could use the water throughout the rest of the year. Now, the problem that was happening, um, that could happen, was sometimes the it wouldn't hold the water. So you'd have the water leaking out of the walls, and mm-hmm. they would end up in the soil around you, and it's mm-hmm. useless to you at that point. Or, you know, say say uh, a goat falls into the cistern at night and you don't realize it and suddenly this goat is dead and it's rotting. If you haven't looked in your cistern in a while and then pretty soon your, your family starts getting sick because you're drinking this water. And, and right. I don't know if that ever happened. I'm just saying that as an example. <laughs> Stuff would get in there. Maybe it could be a stick, right? right? Or something that just accumulating debris. The point is, is there would be this need for sealing off the cistern to keep the water in and you have to put something over the top of it to keep the bad stuff out. And so the Solomon's using this analogy uh, because he is, is wanting to remind people that this this area of your life is is best 
kept pure. It is God's design for this area of your life. He's talking about intimacy to be kept pure and so that it can be a spring from which life flows in your marriage. I just love that because he goes into this language and it's so vivid here and you never really hear the Bible talking about intoxication in a good way, except, <laughs> except for yeah. when it, when it, this happens in Song of Solomon as well, except for being intoxicated with your, your spouse's love mm-hmm. in an intimate exchange. And so he says, uh, drink water. He's encouraged drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad? Uh, the thought there is that you would somehow, uh, it's, it's your cistern for your family and it shouldn't be scattered because when that happens, like the clarity of it, the, the cleanliness of it goes away into the streets where all the filth and the dirt and everything, it'd be useless. And don't share it with anyone. It's just for you. Right. For There's you. that boundary, that line yes. being drawn. Yes. Let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your, this is the part I love the most. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your mm. youth. A lovely deer, a graceful doe. Those, those terms don't, they land kind of on in a funny place for us because we don't compare. Modern times, yeah. Yeah, but back then that was like, that was like, boom, that is, (laughs) she's a lovely woman and she's uh, delightful in every conceivable way. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight, be intoxicated, always in her love. So very Mm -hmm. clearly there are boundaries around the intimate life, the the God's design for the intimate experience. I think the biggest, clearest boundary uh, is marriage itself. Right. And that kind of goes, I don't want to assume that people understand or really embrace that truth, but biblically speaking, if we're going to think and act biblically, we have to embrace and believe this truth that sex is designed for an exclusive union between one man and one woman uh, for life. That's, that's its design. It flourishes in that. Mm-hmm. And so that will begin to inform a lot of these other boundaries. So I mean, we can get into the actual boundaries now if you want, but... Well, I wanted to talk about Song of Solomon, too, just so we have a little bit of a picture for the foxes. And then we were talking about Philippians 4 um, as an encouragement. So, you know, when we are setting up boundaries, how are we thinking about truth and good things, right? So, Song of Solomon 2, uh, chapter 8 through 15. To verse 8 through 15. Sorry. Yeah, so uh, do you want to read that? I got it right here if you want. Um, The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes, leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is a gazelle, like a gazelle, or a young stag. Behold, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, looking through the lattice. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. My dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom." Why don't you just read the next two verses? Sure. My beloved is mine and I am his. He grazes among the lilies until the day breathes and the shadows flee. Turn, my beloved, be like a gazelle or a young stag on cleft mountains. It's clefts and crannies. Clefts and crannies. <laughs> oh, Rocks and mountains. This um, Gazelles and... <laughs> this passage is, is amazing. Um, but I really want to focus in on two kind of aspects of it. Uh, there's a lot happening here. So we're not going to do it full justice. The two aspects I really want to focus in on for the sake of the boundaries conversation uh, is the season mm-hmm. and and these ideas of this idea of these little foxes getting in. So the season being like it, the time has come. What does he say? What does she say? Uh, he, my beloved speaks and says to me, arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. For behold, the winter is past. The rain, sorry, the rain is over and gone. Okay. Think about the, the correlation between maybe that and a cistern. We talked about cisterns being filled in the mm-hmm. winter. I'm not saying that co- that needs to be a direct connection, but it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. Solomon's, he has similar pictures in his mind. Yeah. He also talks about stags and, and like uh, uh, basically a male deer versus the doe, which he talked about in other mm-hmm. places in Proverbs and here. It's just interesting, the consistency there. It says, the, fl- the flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come. The voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. And the fig tree ripens its figs. And the vines are in blossom and give forth fragrance. Like, it's a very, like, rich time. Yeah, he's identifying the season of now is the time. 
Now is the time to, to embrace and to engage in all that God has given us in the grace among the lilies, so to speak. (laughs) And well, and I think that that, I mean, there's probably, you know, commentary on everything that it's talking about, but what I imagine and kind of subscribe to is that we are married. We have said, cause it says a bride adores her beloved. So they are married. They have in, in, entered into this right. covenant the wait is over. relationship. Yeah, The wait is over. It is now time to drink deep drink, of this yes. fountain. And so this is yeah. the season. So identifying that our marriage that we're, that we're in, it's not just a season of being like newlyweds and, and all of that. But this is the time. This is our covenant. This is our marriage. We should at all times be embracing and engaging uh, in this gift that God has given us. Hmm. So talking about foxes. Yeah. Um, so you're thinking about it, it's, a, it's a garden and obviously the garden has fruit in it. It has vegetables in it and therefore nourishment. And mm-hmm. he's just saying like, she says, catch the little foxes, right? Catch the foxes for us, mm-hmm. the little foxes that spoil the vineyards for our vineyards are in blossom. Mm-hmm. So she's not just talking about her kind of like, don't, it, it's, it's about a shared experience. It's about a shared reality. Mm-hmm. And she's beckoning. That's so interesting that she's asking her husband to catch the foxes, to mm. be the one, to be the hunter, to be the one that, that guards, that and, guards protects. and protects. And and I just wonder what what is there in terms of the role of a mm-hmm. husband to be a protector and to be a provider and to be that one who walks the fence line mm-hmm. of the marriage. Yeah. Like guarding over. Right. His little flock, right? As like a shepherd would. That would as be an under shepherd. Empowering to you, right? As a as a man to say, This is my role. Like when I hear the roles that God wants me to fulfill, it doesn't feel like a burden at all. It enlivens me. It yeah. excites me to say, you know, like my role is to be a mother and to be a wife and to do these things and there's much to be done in those roles. But what gets me about and that's absolutely absolutely right. I just want to blow it out for the guy's side here is that who's in the vineyard and what is she saying? She's saying, catch the foxes, my, my beloved, like, like keep them from our vineyard mm-hmm. because who's in there? She, cause she's in there and she's saying, I'm in here, mm-hmm. protect me. I'm in here. Enjoy me. Mm-hmm. I'm in here doing, being about the work of cultivating this vineyard, this place for us to enjoy together. So in terms of like catching those foxes, there's so many, we're going to talk about some foxes here. But I'm thinking just really clearly, like in terms of my own integrity as a husband and men, if you're listening to this, just be encouraged. Like if your wife says to you, catch the foxes for us, mm. please go catch the foxes for well, us. She says that in different ways, right? In your mind, yeah. catch the foxes for us in our lives. Catch the foxes for us mm. on the Internet. Catch the yeah with your eyes. <laughs> catch the foxes. And so if I'm walking that fence line and guarding that and I'm on the I'm on my computer almost every day working. And I see, you know, maybe a tempting image come across my feed because it happens all the time. And I can remember my wife saying, catch the foxes for us, beloved, because mm. I'm in here. Right. And I'm waiting for you. Right. And so I can even more easily fend off and identify those foxes for what they really are. Right. And it, it's not like she's, she's delegating, but she's not, you know, she's, she's saying, catch these, do this for us because they're going to spoil this. She's giving him all the reasoning behind it. I don't know. I just imagine as a wife, I'm not saying catch the foxes, but I'm saying, Hey, can you guard your eyes? Can you guard your heart? Hmm. Can you help protect that area of our lives or who, you know, wherever the struggle is. Um, and one way I also want to make one more note on this and it's the vineyard, right? So it is a garden. Um, but it's also a vineyard, which they grow grapes. There's a specific uh, purpose. What right? is a vineyard? It makes They make wine. A vineyard is for making wine. Right. And if you think about wine, okay, in terms of your intimate life, does wine get better or worse with time? Better. It's it better. So I'm, I just, the prof, the profound nature yeah. of that particular analogy, like right now it's grape juice, it's sweet, it's awesome, like it's but really it's got to go through a fermenting process. Is that what you're but, saying? <laughs> okay, and you and I, like as newlyweds, like you're, you're experiencing like just those, that fresh crop newness and like yeah. newness the grapes the grape juice it's very sweet very kind of uh, uh Just, unadulterated in a really different way it's fresh as the time goes on if you're tending to your vineyard the vine gets better the grapes get stronger they get sweeter they get richer they get better and then if you actually pluck those grapes you put them through the wine press you mm-hmm. put them in the in the casks they age and now right. in your decades in 20 30 years in now you've got this fine wine mm-hmm. that is this experience because you've protected your vineyard. Right. You've tended you've cultivated to it. it. Yeah. Yes. So 
Um, I think we're just going to jump right into the purposes of sex because we've talked a lot about, um, you know, the reasons, the cistern, the, the seasons, the foxes. Um, so why is she asking for protection there? Why is God or Solomon, I guess in Proverbs, God ultimately, mm. of course, it's his word, um, saying, don't, don't share your cistern. Like this is exclusive. Um, because when we look at the Bible and we look at the purposes of sex, which we talked about in our fierce marriage book, um, and we define the purposes biblically, you can see why God has said one wife, one, one husband, right? One one man, one woman, go forth and multiply, Genesis one twenty eight. This is the first purpose of sex that mm, we see yep. in the Bible. Go forth and multiply. Um, so she's saying, catch the foxes for us. They spoil the vineyard. Right. You can't multiply seed that's not there, right? Right. Because it, it will... Grapes won't grow. That multiplication will be hindered. Right. It will be ruined right. by uh, by these foxes coming in <laughs> and eating our eating all of our... our, our well, fruit. Um, <laughs> uh, and the second one, so unity. So go forth and multiply. That's the call to um, to fruitfulness as uh, a, a married couple, mm-hmm. bearing children, so on and so forth. There are nuances there. If if God blesses you with children and versus if he blesses you to, to not have children in a different way. So I don't want to gloss over that, but there's yeah. that caveat. Yeah. Uh, secondly, uh, unity. So this is the second purpose of sex. Um, that one flesh... Uh, image that we get in Genesis one, the two became one flesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a special spiritual unity there. There's a physical consummation and unity there, which is also present in the fruitfulness aspect being that you actually are physically like literally merging two fleshes into uh, a son or a daughter um, in that case. Mm-hmm. And then the third big purpose is it points us. It's a kind of a, um, a shadow picture of the gospel and that when you, you never feel more vulnerable and therefore more loved or more ashamed than when you are fully naked and fully known in front of another person. Right. And but but thankfully in the gospel we can be fully known and fully um, fully loved by God in Christ and as we love each other in marriage with that same I love because he first loved me attitude mm-hmm. then I can now um, and you do the same to me then we can be vulnerable with each other right. in this way. Right. So having these purposes sort of outlined in our mind and we're talking about boundaries and how they're either unclear, unsaid, and unenforced. Um, How can we begin to set up boundaries? Well, there are six requirements for boundaries I think we might jump into here. Um, We have, I think these are kind of a bit overlapped in terms of what we're talking about. But having we'll we'll go through what an example of enforcing what boundaries what a boundary would look like but first let's talk about the requirements for boundaries okay so we talked about these in the last two episodes um governance and discipline being the first one so another word that we would use biblically speaking is self-control right a fruit of the spirit we can we have been empowered by the holy spirit to exercise self-control um we enforce the boundary trusting that the response will promote growth um, so this, this discipline you'll probably see, you know, with screens, most obviously, uh, the vigilance in our thoughts, um, words and how we even approach each other, you know, being disciplined yeah. and not selfish, uh, in seeking that out from each other. Um, trust and obedience, trusting that being obedient to God will bear fruit, right? There is, um, I think submission does play a small role in terms of, sex and I'm not saying that every wife just has to submit and do it I'm saying that God is calling us uh, to a place of purity for the marriage bed uh, a place of transparency and intimacy and so sometimes submitting Mm. just our own feelings uh, for guys maybe that's the selfishness aspect of wanting something for themselves for women I mean we fall into selfishness as well uh, we don't want to engage, right? Or we're tired or whatever. There's um, tiredness is real. I get that. But that's not necessarily what I'm talking about right now. I, I think that we can submit those, just the feelings of being tired uh, to the Lord and find, <laughs> strengthen Him to lovingly give to our spouse. Uh, again, not being a doormat, but saying, you know what, I'm going to engage in this. Uh, I don't feel like it. I'm tired. I don't really want to. But I know that my spouse needs this, and this is one way that I can love him in this way. And trusting yeah. that the fruit of that will be better than not <laughs> engaging. Yeah. Uh, 
um, trusting obedience. Uh, did you want to say something? Yeah, um, I just wanted to add some texture around the this that idea of be, uh, obedience and trust in terms of offering yourself to each other, right. uh, and that does come from. First Corinthians seven. I should clarify obedience to God. No, yeah, yeah. Not to each other. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it, then that's what we mean. Like, so we're we're here saying, okay, I am. I have a relationship with God, and He has called me to love Him and mm-hmm. love my spouse according to His love for me and according mm-hmm. to His word. And so I'm now I'm being obedient to Him in that, and I'm being obedient, and then I'm trusting that if I establish and maintain these boundaries, the governance piece, mm-hmm. and if I'm obedient with these boundaries, that 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 will lead to flourishing right that that vineyard will grow uh, more fully so i think of first uh, corinthians 7 4 it talks about like your husband you're no longer your own but you're your wife's your mm-hmm. your body is your wife's as well as yours and, mm-hmm. and her body is hers a- and yours uh and you share basically this like complete and utter like blurring of these lines and and meshing of right. like l- stripping of these boundaries between right. mine and yours in terms of our bodies right and how that then becomes a means by which we enforce the boundary around our intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. You see how that picture, like mm-hmm. as our as our boundaries are removed from one another, the boundary around us grows stronger. Yeah, yeah. And that takes trust. If you're if you haven't ever done that, or you've never been vulnerable to this place, right? Or you've you've always and this will take a lot of work depending on where you're at. But you may you you may have had damage in this area in terms of like emotional, like you you you've damaged your relationship somehow yeah because there's been a breach of a boundary in the past where you've experienced something some abuse or sexual abuse in that in that way and it's uh difficult to try to walk through and navigate that which is why we shouldn't do it on our own as you know we are big advocates of um having people involved uh at a healthy level in your marriage whether that be a guide couple or a pastor or a Bible believing counselor. Yeah. Um, we are very much advocates for each of those. And I just want to yeah, k- quickly say it's not so much about, you know, get from A to B as quickly as possible mm-hmm. and to, to find this place of trust and, and obedience to God in this area. It's um, being willing to trust with whatever the next step is that mm-hmm. God gives you to take in this area. You're not automatically going to just act like nothing has ever been damaged in that area, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's going to take time to rebuild, regrow, retill that land, right. and it's going to take even more time for that land to to bring forth a crop. And so you have to that takes trust because you right. don't know. Like when we we planted crops last last year, crops like, we had a little veggie garden. I love you say crops. Crops to me is like forty acres <laughs> okay, of like well, food. All right, farmer. <laughs> um, when we planted our seeds in the soil uh, in our little garden in in our. You're so, you need to just clean it up. <laughs> this is a sex episode and there's just nothing you can say that's. No, there's nothing you can say because I have a pure mind. <laughs> you're, you're a weirdo. Um, no, but you put it, you put, I can't even so talk now because I was going to say you put it in there, <laughs> the seed. You plant the seed in the dirt. You're trusting that your work will bring forth whatever the crop is. Yes. The crop. Because crops are great. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Okay. Boldness and clarity. Third requirement. Third requirement. Boldness and clarity. Um, We just can't be wishy-washy. I think clarity in any boundary is an absolute must. So clarity around intimacy might look like what are our weekly rhythms to set those pre-discussed kind of expectations, uh, knowing yourselves, knowing your capacities, you know, energy-wise, what are what works for for us you know discussing that being confident in discussing that i think we can be very i don't know shame feel ashamed or um just kind of set back about how mm. do we yeah. talk about sex and how do we how do i tell you my expectations without putting pressure on you uh, I don't want to, you don't want to have to shy away, right? God has created it. We have to remember that God has created it. God has purposed it. We are in this marriage covenant. Therefore we have permission and agency to engage in these conversations. Yeah. We did it. We did a whole episode, a whole f- on intimacy and communication a few weeks back. How so. to talk about sex. Yep. How to talk about sex. On so. this note, the boldness and clarity piece, uh, I'm going to go on a different angle here, uh, because so many times our intimate life is a, is suffering for re- Results that aren't directly related to sex mm. or, or, you know what I mean? So, you're talking about like priorities? For, sorry, for margin? reasons that aren't directly related okay. to sex. Um, and so, what that could look like, yeah, it's priorities, exactly. So, 
say we're carting the kids around every which way or I'm working. You're carting the kids. I'm just kidding. I'm, or I'm working 60 hours a week. Right. Because, you know, for whatever reason, yeah. the reasons is another thing. But if I don't have clarity and boldness in this area and I say my family's important, that mm-hmm. I'm actually need to be obedient to God in this area. I need to steward my wife's heart well, our relationship, our marriage, our kids' mm-hmm. hearts well. Therefore, I cannot be away from the home so much. Or right. I can't say yes to so many, like even if you're a pastor and you're just being pulled every which way, which I think pastoring is probably the hardest job you could pick. For sure. Um, we're, we're not well, pastors, really thankfully. I'm not a pastor. God really picks you for that, so. That's true. <laughs> he gives you the strength. Um, well, he, yeah, he would hope. He would hope that he would be the one picking you <laughs> and you're not picking it. But um, the point is, is that you have to say, you have to be bold and clear about those things that are causing your cistern to leak. They're causing that well to yeah. to run dry. And it's hard, I think, when it seems like these are all good things. That's my struggle anyways, is that, well, they're good things and we probably should be doing them, right? The should comes in there. And then the big question, though, becomes one of why Why is that a struggle? Right. And it, it's, it quickly boils down to the need for approval of man, of man or woman, mm-hmm. you know, mankind. You don't want, you want people to like you. Like, I don't want to say no because then they won't think I'm available. I don't want to answer that. I have to answer the text because if they think I'm not available, then I'm, I'm, we can't yeah. be friends. <laughs> can't be friends. <laughs> or, you know, you're at church. You're like, it's my job. My boss expects me to perform. Or that could be church, could be your vocation. <laughs> um, I don't know if your boss is expecting to perform at church. That's kind of messed up. Um, but the point is, is that you have to be bold and clear about what you actually care about. Like, what's God actually calling you to? Mm-hmm. Is he calling you to succeed so well in your career that your your intimate life, your marriage life, your family suffers? Mm. I, I can confidently say probably not. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so there, th- you just have to have those hard conversations around whatever is causing your cistern to leak or causing right. these contaminants to get in or the little foxes <laughs> to find their way through the boundary. We got to learn to be comfortable with these conversations yes. too. And we may not ever come to that. I think that's one thing I really, when I was listening and we were talking with Mary and Dimitri was just... It seemed they were somewhat comfortable in having these challenging conversations and then letting the responses happen. They may not have been, but they seemed very calm about it when they were talking about it. And I'm thinking in my own to, head that yeah. I don't, I, I think I do have, you know, I have this fear of man. And so to have hard conversations is so tricky for me and I'm not good at conflict and I don't know how to, you know, be bold in this area and confident. And so I guess just like you said, like God has given us this covenant. This is this is the priority. God is calling this a priority. Therefore, I'm going to submit anything else on my schedule and my mind and my heart and my energy to this, because this is one thing that God has said, this is a Mm non-negotiable. And without the clarity, it's hard to have the boldness to say those things. Absolutely. So the quick review, governance and discipline, uh, self-control, that first one, trust and obedience. What? These are the six requirements of boundaries. Okay. Requirements for boundaries. Six requirements for boundaries. Governance and discipline, uh, also known as self-control. Trust and obedience. The third is boldness and clarity. The fourth is vigilance. Uh, we talked a lot about walking the fence line, quote-unquote, consistently. Yeah. Um, when you were reading in Proverbs 5, um, you passed over this verse. It was in verse 8, which is fine, but it says, Keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house talking about the adultery the adulteress the adulterous the woman so woman, yeah. yeah and so being vigilant i think it i think it was just such a picture of vigilance like don't even go near her don't yeah. even like go in that direction it says keep your way far from her if that's not a boundary i don't know what it is right and don't even don't keep stay far away don't go near the house yeah. What is this telling us about how are we walking our our, our fence line? I mean, as a wife, how am I living yeah. consistently in line with the gospel in terms of our intimate life? Am I hmm. going off on rabbit holes on social media and rabbit trails? You mean rabbit trails? <laughs> <laughs> rabbit holes. That's a different thing. <laughs> am I am I engaging in things that are unhealthy for my own mind and heart uh, yeah. that are not consistent with loving you? Yeah. Uh, who are we inviting into struggles that we may be having sexually, right? Are we, are we try are we isolated and just trying to go at it alone or are we, uh, including the appropriate people, meaning guide couples, pastors, mm. uh, yeah. Bible believing counselors, not just our friend that is going to 
you know, be an adversary to this part of your marriage instead of an advocate. So what you're saying is it's being willing to revisit these conversations regularly uh, with consistency so that you can uh, mend the fences where where maybe they're starting to fall down. Well, and don't let things go like ignored or let them linger, right? Again, you're walking this fence line. You're going through, okay, what am I digesting? What am I listening to? What am I seeing? What are the consistent uh, things that I'm engaging in, like a hobby or something? And are these taking away from my ability to love my spouse in this Mm. area in this time and again who are we allowing to speak into this so just again walking the fence line of our life and saying what that's good i wanted to add sorry yeah go ahead um you may this also could look like in your own heart and in your own mind i think i've talked about this recently on the podcast going to the gym more lately um just because I realized I needed the, the, like, I can't just be in my own head all day. I need to like move my body too. Um, so I, I'm there and when I walk in, it's like immediately ba- immediate battlefield. And so my prayer has been, Lord, lead me not into temptation, deliver me from evil. Yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Like help me to, to turn from temptation. And the reason why it's hard at the gym is because you go there and there's all kinds of like people in gym clothes and, yeah. and they're whatever. And it's very uh, like, rich it's a rich environment for temptation i'll say and so i want to be really vigilant and walk that fence line um around that area it's like i'm not just going to go in there without girding up with prayer and like Mm -hmm. saying i need to be here like on mission even with my wife not here like i'm here to honor her Mm -hmm. even in my interactions with everyone to get that chiseled gazelle body you got to get the gazelle (laughs) body I uh, can't keep up with all the sweets I've been eating lately. <laughs> Word. <laughs> Cannot run a bad diet. Tell you what. Uh, point being, that takes a certain amount of like mental, emotional vigilance to say, I'm headed into a place that is, is kind of rife with temptation. Mm. And, you know, if it ever became a problem where I couldn't go there without being tempted and, and stumbling, then I would probably have to stop going because that's another form of vigilance mm-hmm. at that point. The same thing when you're online, like, right. listen, I'm, I'm starting to go to work. I typically will follow these rabbit trails and be tempted. Now, walking that fence line says, Lord, help me. Like, you're not doing it alone. That's the key. Lord, help me. Selena, help me. This is something I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be this kind of man. Right. I want to be this kind of husband for you. Right. I want to honor you when you're not there. And so that's, well, I think that, that's... Yeah, that whole process and that um, you know idea of walking the fence line consistently leads us to our final... Uh, well, I guess our fifth one um, is love and patience. All of this takes love and patience to yeah. walk the fence line, to invite your spouse into your struggles, to be the spouse that is being invited into the struggle and not just shaming and putting guilt uh, and anger and frustration on someone. Yeah. Um, yes, there's a, there's moments for those anger, right? And there's moments for the frustration to you have to work through diligently uh, and by the grace of God. But it's going to take huge amounts of patience and love to enforce those boundaries. It can feel difficult. Um, You may just want to be like, you know what? I don't care. Just do whatever you're going to do. Go to the gym. I just don't want to know about it. Right. Like, Mm, but we have to, we have to enforce those boundaries. We have to trust God's goodness and instruction and, and submit in obedience, knowing that, that God's plan is way better than ours, even if there's a struggle within it, because there most likely is. Um, Mm. Be gracious with one another, I guess, is my yeah. encouragement be, be there. Be loving and patient. Like, listen, like having a... It's all of marriage, right? <laughs> having the body of a gazelle or a young stag, like that takes that takes time, all right? Patience and love. That's not what I'm talking about. All right? When I'm on that elliptical, <laughs> like <laughs> just, just bounding like a gazelle, I don't do, the, don't elliptical do the elliptical for the record. for that reason. I think it's the most ridiculous machine and I, I, I never use it. He doesn't like to look like a gazelle. No, I don't like doing cardio. <laughs> <laughs> that's what our love life is the for. Man that's with what the heart issue. <laughs> See, that's why I don't go to the gym. I'm good. <laughs> Anyways, the last and final piece here. Five minute sprint. <laughs> is, <laughs> is empathy. So again, hmm. this is rooted in selflessness, uh, serving and loving one another. Um, seeking to understand uh, your spouse in this area definitely helps, I think, set the trajectory for a boundary. Mm. So this might what look like a person, a spouse or a wife's, you know, understanding that her husband does have physical needs. He also has emotional needs uh, and spiritual needs. And so physically, even though, you know, I may not be feeling it, I know that I know that you are, and I know that that's, that's about that time, and 
I can empathize with you and I can see that this is not just a physical activity. This is something that really helps your heart and your mind and your soul. And so I'm going to, you know, I can empathize with that and I can see that this is not just us going through the motions. This is deeper and more purposeful. This is going to sound weird. Empathy kind of helps you humanize the boundary. That makes Mm -hmm. sense because Empathy is what is the thing that lets you call audibles for the sake of a, the boundary that is your actual relationship, not just the boundary around the activity. Gotcha. Activity. Activity. It's <laughs> an example of. So an example is like we we've talked about this. Every two to three days is good for our marriage. That works for us. There are many times when it's two days. Many times when it's four or five days, and that's because the boundary is not around the day count. The boundary is around the intimacy. The boundary is around us connecting. Mm-hmm. And so if I look at Selena and it's been three days. And we've been had a really hard week or uh, you're especially tired or whatever the circumstances, I can look at you and say, I'm empathizing with you. I can see how, how you feel pressure I'm now. bedraggled. You feel bedraggled. <laughs> you feel tired. You feel uh, just worn out emotionally. And you just, I, and I know that if I pressed that you would give to me. I know that because that's, the, that's just who you are and, and you're generous in that way most times. <laughs> But I also all know, the time. But I also know that's not loving of me to to do that to just say like I have to mindfully enforce this boundary because I'm being selfish essentially. Yeah, I can't just say that's... because I'm empathizing. The boundary is not around us having sex. The boundary is around am I loving my wife well? Mm. Okay, that, that takes discernment. It yeah, and practice and empathy humanizes and knowledge that and, of, and yeah. it puts the human context in it. So good. So that it's not just about being so rigid. So that good. That you're actually breaking the boundary by your rigidity. Gosh, I feel like we could just end it there. Good job, babe. All right. Praise God. So you have to be discerning and you have to be <laughs> loving and you have to think of your of your spouse actually more highly than you think of yourself. Right. And that's... That's a boundary you right actually, That's hard. Like, and here's the key. Is, and here's the, None re- of us are good the trigger that. for that is that when you absolutely want what you want and you're angry and you don't want to give in, that's the key that it's now it's time for you to be selfless and to actually think more highly of your spouse than yourself. Oh, man. It's hard. It's going to be difficult. And that's when you know it's time to actually start flexing that muscle a little bit. Get that stag bod. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hopefully that was helpful. Yeah. So we're going to round this out with just three ways to guard your intimate life. Uh, the first one is be rooted in God's purposes for your intimacy. Uh, we just went through those three purposes. Yep. Uh, knowing God's purposes, I think, for your life and especially for your intimate life uh, is just being in the Word daily. Mm. So uh, yeah. the second one would be transparent with each other. Uh, struggles, things you enjoy, uh, fears, whatever. You need to be transparent. You need to have yeah. conversations. You need to just embrace the awkwardness or the fears and take that first step. The third one is what we've kind of been talking about most of the time here is guard your intimacy from little foxes, mm. uh, the critters that would sneak into your marriage. Critters. <laughs> that you said that, so I, I use <laughs> yeah. that word. Um, and eat and fr- uh, the fruit and spoil it. So, um, you know, the obvious ones like pornography and emotional affairs. Uh, but the I think less obvious are the time and priorities, like you said, the margin, the good things that would kind of suck yeah. all of your focus. Um, inability to say no to work, uh, selfishness, selfishness is a, it's a it's rampant huge. critter. It really, it's a big old fox, <laughs> big old fat fox. Um, it's a fatty. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that lack of intentionality, I think, to love each other, right? The the love yeah. language is knowing how your spouse experiences love and giving that, even though you don't experience love that way, yeah. um, is is one way you can definitely guard uh, wow. your intimate life. So. This is rounding out uh, our boundaries conversations we've had. This is number three, I think, of four. And the next week, I think we're going to be talking about in-laws and extended family because that's pretty much what you guys all write about and (laughs) write in about anyways. (laughs) Uh, And then I think we're going to do a Q&A. So we might extend this another week um, because we did get a lot of questions and we want to sort through those. I think there's some good ones that would be helpful. And I'd love more questions. If you have some questions, uh, text or call in this number. Text is easier, to be honest. 971-333-1120. We get those in. I get those in my email inbox and I I copy and paste them into a question and answer document. Uh, Feel free to include your name or not, but just be as clear and concise with your question as you can. Mm -hmm. Um, For a couple's conversation challenge around this, uh, I would say try to identify what are those foxes? What are the little foxes that are getting into your vineyard? Mm. Uh, And think through some of the categories we discussed. Um, And and then just maybe maybe think of foxes on your own and then go to your spouse and say, here, I I feel like you have to be kind in this and be loving and be tactful and be patient and all that. But you say, I feel like maybe I read this 
passage in Song of Solomon 2. It says, uh, guard our, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes. That's 2 verse 15. I read this passage and I feel like there, maybe there's some foxes that are, that are hindering and eating mm. our fruit in our vineyard. And here's a few that I've noticed. Mm. Can we talk about these? Start there. And try to be really kind and don't like the foxes that you're at work and you're <laughs> like, don't, don't throw, you know, don't throw the book at them, but instead just, just try to open a conversation and yeah. see where the Holy Spirit leads you, see where the conversation goes. Uh, with that said, Selene, do you mind praying us out? God, thank you so much for this gift of intimacy that you have allowed us to enjoy that doesn't have to ever get old, but can just get better with time. Father, I pray that you would. Give us clarity and discernment, Holy Spirit, around boundaries in this area. Help us to lovingly and patiently embrace uh, each other, but also the flaws that we all have um, and this um, idea of, of just sex and being together. How do we protect it, God? It is, it is a delicate and beautiful thing. Help us, God, to honor you in this area of our marriage. In your name, amen. Amen. All right. So one thing I want to notice, too, or at least mention... Um, we haven't talked about kind of what goes and what doesn't go in terms of the marriage bed, right? Like what are the boundaries within the sexual experience itself? Mm-hmm. Um, we have covered that at length in the past, um, but in general, uh, it's anything that's uh, degrading, painful, um, would be off limits. Or anything that's sinful would be off limits. Right. Is That's a really clear kind of, you should, sex between you and your spouse should be edifying. It should be mutually enjoyable. It should be an act of service to one another, mm-hmm. not an act of one person taking the other person giving. Mm-hmm. It's an act of mutual generosity and self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a huge, huge boundary. If anything you're doing in the marriage bed is selfish and you're forcing your spouse to do something they don't feel comfortable with, they don't want to do by manipulation or otherwise, uh, that is a, a boundary that you have crossed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is never in- invite anyone else into the marriage bed. That sounds obvious. Obviously, we're, not, we're talking about people, yes, but not just that. Like any sort of imagery, any sort of um, uh, you know pornography or thoughts. Some people think they have to have pornography. It's okay to have pornography as part of their sexual experience as long as it's it, consensual. Both, yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. Pornography is poison. It's sinful. It's on the, every level. On every level, uh, you need to. That's a boundary that is crossed at that point. Right. Repent. Uh, and, yeah. And turn away. Yeah, and I think I think that's. Those are the big boundaries that, yeah. other than that, like inside the marriage bed, um, there's a lot of leeway. And as you'll read in Song of Solomon, there's, if you read it correctly, um, there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> kind of colorful language in there in terms of the sexual experience. So the, the boundary there is, is enjoy yourselves, have fun and, and be, um, in, in service of one another. All right. So with that said, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is in the can. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you again in about seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Take care.